Welcome to the Hand Project Podcast, helping assist veterans every day, where we bridge the gap between the veteran community and the community at large. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Sean McKinnon, and today's guest is Noah Moses. How you doing, Noah? Good, man. Thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I want to give you a little shout out. Thanks for uh, helping me out the last, uh, what, six weeks with songs for vets. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. On the Head Project Facebook page has been amazing. It's been really cool to see all the different types of musicians come together and then play for the vets. I think all the different responses out there start posting some more as the next few weeks go on. And uh, so many people, active duty, uh, to veterans from um, Vietnam, even World War II, have listened in and and really took a liking to, it, especially during the pandemic's you know yeah. occurrence right now. So I wanted to say thank you on behalf of the Hat Project for helping me out the last six weeks. And for the listeners out there, uh, be sure to check out the Facebook page for the Hat Project, and uh, you'll see what we're talking about if you haven't tuned in yet. Noah, how many videos do you think we posted over about six weeks here? Oh gosh, um, twenty-five maybe. 25. I'd say twenty-five plus. Yeah, somewhere wow. around there. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. All right, Noah, let's get into it. You ready? I'm ready. All right, Noah, tell everybody that's listening uh, where you're from. I well, I'm currently in Williamsville. Kind of been around the different areas in Western New York most of my life. So, so pretty much born and raised here for the most part. You're home or homegrown, as they call it, right? Yeah. All right, except there was a time you weren't around here yeah so you were down in where north kekalaki (laughs) so i was like i was about 45 minutes outside of north or raleigh in north carolina for about three years okay and what time period was that uh we moved there when i was like 15 15 to right about 18 okay and so tell me about some of your experiences down there and i know that there's an influential story you're about to pop on us (laughs) so go ahead yeah, so you know, I had I had the normal teenage angst that everybody deals with, and um, it's rough moving at any point usually, but especially when you are in the throes of teenagehood, man, it's it's rough for everybody. I have I have two brothers who are going going through that right now, in, in the in the middle of, of you know going from a boy to a man and all that stuff. So I was 15 and was having a really rough time. I didn't really have a lot of friends. I ended up making a couple of really good ones by the end of it. Um, so yeah, I was just having a really hard time um, dealing with life, and so I started really getting into music. Um, and you know, I already played the harmonica at that point, um, but then I started writing songs and I learned guitar upside down on my brother's first stacked right hand lefty. Upside yeah. down, you're lefty. That's right. For all the listeners out there, I post the videos of Noah, and you can go check them out. Uh, take a look. It's not like a reverse thing with the cameras. It's actually Noah playing left-handed. So, yeah. so you're a left-handed player, and there's not a lot of left-hand guitars out there. So go ahead. Yeah, so I learned upside down. I can still play upside down if, cool. if need be. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, you know, we didn't really have a lot of money at that time. Things were kind of rough. Um, and so, you know, one day, it was probably early December, I was talking to God about how you know, I would love a guitar for Christmas that was a left-handed guitar. Um, and it would be really cool if it had a story that, you know, if someone had the guitar before me and, and the adventures it had been through. Um, so I kind of forgot about that prayer, didn't tell anyone about it. Like, no one knew I had that conversation with God. Um, and then the Sunday before Christmas, man, this guy comes up to me, another Sean, 
Miss Johnson, he's <laughs> one of our songs for Vice videos as well, um, came up to me and he said, hey, man, I, I don't know why, but God told me to give this to you. And he handed me my uh, my Fender left-handed oh. Fender Telecaster that I use at pretty much oh. every show I play. Nice. So. I need you to pray for me. I need another guitar. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, that's so cool. Now, uh, uh, we're on video here during this pandemic period. Noah's gracious enough to uh, you know talk with me on Skype. So uh, he was holding up the guitar, and I think I have pictures of you playing at the Hat Project uh, street party with it. Yeah. So I'll post some of those and uh, yeah. talk about the guitar for a second. What kind of guitar is it? Telly, I think. Yeah, I'm, I love Telly's. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's, it's a you know Mexican Fender Telly. It's really cool. I like it a lot. <laughs> you use like the two different pickups, or what do you got? Like yeah, single just, coils and single two singles. Yeah, two two single coil pickups. I haven't really done much to it. I, you know, I just, I'm a really bare bones guy with everything. I'm just like, I like to have, like, make things raw, you know, whatever it is, all in and make it raw, let the, the human spirit shine through. So for me, it's really cool because it's like, you know, it's just, it's got one tone knob, volume, and then the pickup collector. So <laughs> I, love I, just, I love how it's just, it's so straightforward. And, you know, if I, if I never got another guitar, it'd be good with just this oh. one and my, my resonator. Yeah, you get that one and you just stick with it. So yeah. at this time, were you playing harmonica? Yeah, so I started playing harmonica when I was eleven. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so this is this is my How did my, happen? one of my my deep dark secrets. Uh oh. Uh, and I I'll, I'll I'll fill you in of how I redeem myself later on in life. But um, yeah. so my we lived my grandmother lived with us growing up until she passed away when I was like ten or eleven, right around the time I started playing. Um, and she every year would would do the Samaritan's Purse shoebox thing where she would put all the you know the the toys yeah. and the toothbrush and all this stuff in the shoebox to send to some kid um who was lacking that stuff somewhere in the world for christmas um and every year without fail she would buy them a harmonica and every year without fail i would i would get the harmonica from her and i would beg her so basically i've stolen a number of musical instruments from poor children throughout the world oh jeez yeah so so that sets the stage right yeah. So we're moving, and just by chance, um, you know, I'm downstairs in the basement, and I'm starting to clean up. And no joke, we have like this this hearth or like you know this this big bookshelf kind of thing. And I look yeah. on top, and sitting perfectly on top of like everything is this harmonica. And so like I wouldn't be surprised if she had something to do with that, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I picked up that harmonica that just just by chance, you know. Yeah. Um, is sitting on top of like perfectly and I don't know how I could have missed it you know in, mm -hmm. in the past however many years I picked it up and um, that night I just I fell in love with it I found some old instructional you know CD that I had for some reason I went through the whole course in a couple of days and just fell in love with it so that's that's really how I started playing yeah now were you listening to music that had uh, harmonicas in like like any no. old Bob, Bob, <laughs> Dil Bob Dylan or something yeah, I grew up listening to James Taylor and um, John Denver mostly stuff like that. So there wasn't a lot of harmonica that I, I heard. So it was kind of kind of crazy of just I, you know. So my best friend Christian, his his family's related to Jimi Hendrix. So like growing up, uh, I was surrounded cool. by this incredibly musical family. And you know, to my first, I have I have four younger siblings. The first one was born when I was seven, so was, I was an only child um for that long and so you know for most of my my early years i was hanging out with these guys and they're all just like you know basically they could pick up any instrument and play it it was just i was always trying to find my my voice or my instrument because my best friend is you know 
in this incredibly musical family and I'm trying to, you know, fit in. So it was just, it was interesting that that, that instrument turned because, you know, I, their, their brother, Elliot, um, who actually recorded and, and mastered and everything, my first album, really cool dude. Um, he tried teaching me drums, incredible drummer. They all tried teaching me everything and I it, it, just nothing stuck. And then I just randomly find a harmonica and it, it was just, um, it stuck. You know, I think that was, it was just time. Now you were telling me a little bit in the pre-interview about um, the history of your family and yeah. your father was an orphan or something of that nature. So talk yeah. about that for a minute. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, <laughs> uh, my dad was adopted from Father Baker's downtown in Buffalo when he was, you know, a few months old. Yeah. And um, the only thing that they told him about his biological father was that he was extremely musically inclined. That was it. That was the only thing he knows about his dad. Um, so it's interesting because my dad has an incredible ear for music, doesn't play anything. And then it's interesting how that, that passed one generation of him and then that I play and a few of my brothers play. And it's so, yeah, that's that's a part of our, our I guess, heritage or lineage of the music thing. <laughs> and now you guys play together and you guys know Moses and the Flood Band, yeah. right? I yep. this. So um, you guys play at the Hat Project and brought out a bunch of family because you're getting married, I think, that weekend. I, I <laughs> something like that. It was right around there. Yeah, <laughs> close. Yeah, you had like family yeah. from out of town. That was awesome. Yeah. But to be able to see like you know the brothers play together, you guys, and um, you know been playing around, and that's pretty cool that you got your siblings with you. So and they play different instruments. For those of you out there listening, um, I do they play multiple instruments or are they kind of locked into the bass and drums? How is that? And guitar. So, I think it's guitar too, right? Yeah, so Isaiah, the drummer, he's he's the next, he's number two, kid number two, seventeen. Uh-huh. He's um, he's my drummer. <laughs> he plays guitar as well. He cannot play bass to save his life. He's tried and it's been awful. <laughs> but the kid, like, he's he's just got an amazing ear for drums. He so this another funny. We're just an interesting family because he's he's seventeen, and since he started playing, he's pretty much he's he puts on his you know his playlist. Okay. Uh, songs. And so, you know, you'd expect more modern stuff for a 17-year-old. He practices to Elvis, Stevie Wonder, and Chicago. That's it. Gee whiz. That's that's oh, his God. repertoire. Like so that's he learned awesome. all the Yeah. So that's that's his style. <laughs> that's some good stuff right there. Yeah. And I know the one brother plays bass, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's Elijah. his name? Elijah. Yeah, he Elijah. plays bass. Yeah. Um, yes, you guys sound great together. You got the, uh, let's talk about um, some of the music style, the Americana, the, the blues Americana. Yeah. So yeah. We'll go ahead and tell the listeners, how do you, how do you describe that? Um, so, you know, there have been artists who kind of, I feel like, captured the essence of, of Americana, and a part of that is blues. So you look at um, guys like Bruce Springsteen, Tom Petty, these guys incorporated all these different styles with their own spin on it. Like you could tell it's still, it's still a Tom Petty song, even though it's acoustic versus electric, or he had a blues album. Bruce Springsteen, same thing, whether he's playing with the E street band or, you know, he's doing the solo thing, like um, the song at Atlantic city. It was all under the same guise of what, what genre is this? Well, it, it changes, but it's still Bruce Springsteen. It's still Tom Petty. So mm-hmm. I think that Americana kind of fits blues, any type of American style of music within that, that guise or that, that sphere, I guess. Excellent. I like that. So um, let's talk about the harmonica for a minute. Yeah. I know a lot of guys that play guitar. I know a lot of guys play drums. I know a lot of guys play piano. Have not known too many guys that can play the harmonica and actually play it. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, so go ahead. Let's talk about what type of harmonicas do you use? Um, so I'm I'm a Honer guy, 100%. That's the the brand I I love dearly. Um, I play a diatonic. I usually so there are a couple different um, styles, I guess, within the Honer harmonicas. There are ones with um, like a metal, or I'm sorry, a plastic comb, the part that you're blowing on in the metal, or wood. Um, originally, it was made out of wood. The issue with that is over time, the wood swells. So, you know, you got these little holes and in between each hole is a piece of wood. And so it starts to swell. So sometimes you end up cutting your, your lip, you know. And oh, man. So back yeah. in the day, the hardcore harp players um, would have a bucket next to them, a metal wow. bucket. They're playing because and it was their spit, their, their blood bucket, right? Because they're playing so hard. The wood is cutting up their face and they just keep spitting blood into that bucket and they just keep going and keep playing. Um, so there, there are pros and cons to the different styles. The wooden one gives you a, a warmer, richer tone, but the, uh, the plastic ones don't hurt your face. <laughs> wow. Much. That's really interesting. Yeah. That is yeah. so cool. And I've heard that like years ago, um, down South, they'd make it sound like a train yeah. and like the guitar guys would make the guitar sound like a chicken scratch. And, you right. know, so right. holy, you know, how musical influences, uh, historically pull from the sounds of the environment and all that. But, uh, uh we were talking about the lipping, right? We were talking yeah. about that earlier and all the, like right. Jason on our prior, my prior podcast, Jason Moynihan, you yeah. know, the horn guys and all the reed instruments and stuff. So describe for us, like, how did that happen? How did you get good at that? How did, what is that? Man, it's really, it's a weird <laughs> instrument <laughs> because so the deal is the harmonica was invented in Germany so that anyone could play it. It's set up so you can't play any wrong notes. So you can literally blow into it. You can't mess up. Um, but then to make it comparable to a piano or a guitar, because it's so small, it doesn't have the same notes, you have to, you have to manipulate it in ways it wasn't supposed to be man, man, manipulated. <laughs> um, like, so, for instance, you know, a saxophone has one reed at the top. Um, the little 10-hole harmonica has 10 reeds. Wow. Uh, and you draw and blow. So to get, like, you know, so basically it's just the white keys of a piano until you start implementing certain techniques, like bending the reed to get a, a, the black note on a, on a piano, you know? Um, so to get like the, so Bob Dylan, you know, he just did the, um, but if you get into other, I guess, more technical styles where you start incorporating bends and stuff, you know, the bend, this is a normal draw note and then you bend it. You know, right on. There's there always you go. Really random, and then there's, so yeah. there's two different styles. There's there's puckering, which okay. is that armature like we were talking about, where you. So in in harmonica ease, it's called um, lip pursing, and so you're basically creating a hole with your lips the size of the har harmonica's little hole, um, and you're blowing that much air, um, that acute amount of air into that hole, um, uh -huh. and then the other style is called tongue blocking, where you're actually you're covering up some of the holes and you're slapping it with your tongue. So this is, you know, playing lip pursing. And then this is tongue blocking. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear the difference, actually. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. So I know some guys in his history started actually uh, using electronics. Right. And then they started adding effects to it. And like modern day was John Popper doing all that type of stuff. But you and I are both like Kim Wilson. Um, I'm a big, you know, Steve Ray Vaughn fan, Jimmy Vaughn. I've seen Jimmy live. He did the chicken scratch stuff live actually on yeah. stage. 
down in St. Petersburg, I was down there for Blues Fest. It's really cool, yeah. But um, anyways, um, you know, the Kim Wilson um, and his influence, right, of how he played, I didn't know, you said something about you liked him, right? Yeah, yeah, man, mm-hmm. he's... He's, he's the best. I don't think there's any arguing. I think I feel like most players would say Kim Kim's the man. He's one of the the few guys who was able to play with with the greats who's still alive, They're the the torchbearer for for all those old school styles. And he came out of California. From California, went to Austin. Really? And yeah, yeah. He actually was born in a northern state, but I know he was out in California for a while. He went to Austin. We were down in Texas, my wife and kids and I, for a while, which he got oh, stationed cool. down in San Antonio. You got the Austin vibe down there. Yeah. You know, saw some guys like Gary Clark and all them, Gary Clark Jr. and all them were yeah. down there. Back when I was John Mayer was making it big and touring. But, you know, Kim Wilson and Jimmy Vaughn and all them guys. But what's the, um, oh gosh, the bullet microphone? Yeah. The bullet microphone. Give the listeners the difference between just playing it raw without it and then play the bullet microphone because at, now the bullet microphone kind of adds some different dynamics and stuff to it, right? Am I correct? Yeah. So funny story about that. I believe I believe it was little Walter. And if I'm wrong, if there's a, if there's a guy out there who knows the answer, please correct me. Um, but we're going to say it was little Walter. Um, I, think it was, somebody, I think you're right. I think it was Mary, Mary and J- Jacobs, little Walter. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. So so basically, Walter's getting fed up with you know all the instruments just overpowering the harmonica. You know the guitar the guitar solo is way louder than the harmonica. He wants everybody to hear his thing, so he gets tired of it and he grabs the vocalist's microphone and just starts screaming through that thing. And he created or he was the first one to to play amplified harmonica. So it gives yeah. it that classic, dirty, you know, ugh, just the oozing Mississippi swab, you know, yeah. For that. Yeah. Everybody uh, out there flexing. Yeah. A little right, bit of that. Right. And I, I heard that bullet microphone. I had to look up for a minute, you know, because I've seen it forever. But it yeah. was used for, uh, like, taxi cab type stuff, like, for the dispatchers yeah. to really give their voice some grit when they're calling over the taxi. That's where it started. That's where yeah. that's where that guy, Little Walter, got from. But anyways... Let's give the listeners a sound without it first. Play something, whatever, 10, 20 seconds, I don't care. And then add that to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is just the acoustic. And then I'll turn my amp on. All right. So this this is amplified. Oh, oh so, man. That's, yeah. That gets dirty. Right. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, during your songs and your shows, and, and for listeners out there, Noah's played a lot of good shows already. Sportsmen here and the Hard Rock Cafes and all the different places he's been and played. But um, do you, like... Is there like a feeling you get when you go to grab that microphone with it compared to just playing it acoustic? So I'm the front man, I'm the lead vocalist, I'm the harmonic player and the guitar player for my group. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's hard it's hard to balance everything at once and do it well, you know. Um, it makes for a better show though if you can pull it off because you know the, the more stuff you can do, the cooler it is. You know, for me, my favorite part or one of my favorite parts is definitely when I just get to play the harp um, and, and put the guitar down, not not sing as much, because that was that was what I started with, um, and it just it gives me the most joy when I get to just put my heart and soul into each each note that I play. 
I don't really have the luxury as much of like I'll I'll start here acoustically and go here to the dirtier mic because I'm I'm doing you know four things at once and I'm just like, oh gosh I gotta move I have two, two microphones usually so right. I have my vocal mic so I gotta sing into that and then I have to leap over you know a few feet to my left or right and start playing on the bullet mic with all that distortion so I gotta jump back and forth you know from singing to remembering the riff on harmonica while playing guitar um and uh, you know so there are all these little intricate parts of you know doing that with a three-piece band it's kind of like you got a lot going on there no you got a lot going on. <laughs> i gotta tell you no Noah's, Noah's got it going on there and he's able to handle it though so but there's got to be that emotional feeling that when you just kind of can let loose on it oh yeah right does it feel like you're some people like when they're playing guitar and i'm not a I don't call myself an actual guitarist. I'm a hobbyist, you know, but a lot of guys like Keith Urban and some of these yeah. bigger guys watch their interviews, Eric Clapton, some of them, and they talk about, they feel like they're flying when they're just doing their solos and just out. That's what they feel like. So do you get that type of feeling when you just get to roll with it for a little bit? Yeah. So there's, um, there is, I don't remember where, but there's a scripture verse that mm-hmm. talks about how, like all creation cries out to return to like the natural relationship with their maker. The rocks yeah. cry out the, you know, nature cries out to return to that closeness. Um, and so I feel like sometimes it, what my, my goal, and I, I feel like so, sometimes I get there is to be able to play those notes of, of, you know, crying out to God saying like, have mercy, you know? And I think that's the cry of, of all of us at some level at some time deep down is to like that asking for god to 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 come with us you know and and so for me i I think that's some because you know every everything is is vibrating you know at different speeds you know whether it's music whether it's our molecules it's all connected and that's why certain vibrations certain frequencies affect us a certain way um they've they've done scientific tests and all this crazy stuff on that so i feel like when you are able to get quiet in yourself and, and be in the moment and be present and really play your soul. Um, I think St. Francis mm-hmm. said, I think it was him, I think he said um, that music is the language of the soul. You know, right. so so I used to be into playing really fast or as fast as possible. And as I've gotten a little bit older, I'm trying to delve more into that whole idea of really playing uh, what's inside of you and playing out what your heart would say if it could speak, you know? Yeah, right. Right on, man. That's what people talk about wearing your heart on your sleeve. Yeah. You know, and it's just like bringing it to the outside, what you feel on the inside, you know. I I saw there was a a quote from you as you were talking about yourself um, and playing the blues on your website, little video. I think you were saying you use the blues to kind of battle the blues. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I actually get it. You know, I didn't, you know, uh, somebody said a long time ago, kind of a cliche that the blues it's just a good man gone bad kind of thing or something like that, you know? And it's like, we, and we talk about the, you know, and the faithful followers and, you know, and the good book and then stuff, it talks about, you know, the condition of man, the heart of man and stuff. And there's always that brokenness that's there sooner or later when you dig down. And Jason was talking about on the interview last time that if you haven't been depressed at least once in your life, you probably never lived. You haven't lived yet. So you haven't taken any chances and done anything, but, but uh, you're, you know, you're, you're young right now. So, um, how many years young are you? I am 24 years young. 
All right, man. And, and notice how I phrased that because yeah. I'm I'm going to be uh, 48 in a couple couple of days. So, but uh, you know, and uh, so many guys I meet that are my age and, and from my generation, whatever you want to say, uh, respect you for you know the the way you play, what you bring to the table, the conversations that you have with people. And uh, in fact, that's why for the listeners out there, that's one of the reasons why. I felt comfortable, you know, letting you know, hey, help me out with the songs for vets. And Thanks, it's not a, yeah, no, it was great because I knew that uh, no matter what I was giving you, that you would be uh, taking it not for granted, but taking it and doing something good with it. Yeah. So, and that's what a lot of people like about you. So you're taking what you have and making the best you can right. do with it. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you can't regret you know, everything in life and not making the right decisions. Trust me, I'm old enough, right? No, we're not, we're not made to live that way. And, but we can have joined the journey Absolutely. and, you know, and just keep taking everything we've done and just keep using it, right? Our gifts and our yeah. talents and just keep some, some plant, you know, some water, Absolutely. some, you know, some, some, so whatever. So, so, you know, we're doing that and that's what music is about. And you guys, musicians really get all that because you guys love planting them seeds. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're out there on stage watering it. Right. Sometimes you're re- and the Jason was real honest. I know you could probably go to this too, and I've heard others where sometimes you're up there to help other people, and yeah. it's just feeling good yourself too. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, after having a great time yourself, but you don't even know if anybody's paying attention. Totally. It's, <laughs> right? it's definitely it's definitely a a win win. I think of you know, music becomes a way for you to express things that you can't express verbally, right? Uh, and those those especially like with playing an instrument, you know you can just you can reach into places that nothing else can really reach into um mm-hmm. and then you play that and you're expressing that and just the way we're built you know then that gives the person in the audience the opportunity to connect with you on that level that they can't express or they don't have someone to express that to and so you're creating this bond with that person um and that's i mean that's the best part of being able to to come together with with people in the audience and band members and say you're not alone in this, and we're gonna work through this together, whether you're saying that with words or not. That's that's to me one of the best parts of the whole thing. You know, that's an interesting thing because um, I, some people see colors, and I've yeah. seen, I've watched so many interviews through the years. I'm, a, you know, I used to watch MTV growing up, and then later now, uh, some of the Nashville Network had the crossover series, and they get to sit down with the people and have DVDs and stuff. I don't know, whatever, but and YouTube videos, interviews, and I always love like hearing some of the musicians and and how they feel how they yeah. think when they're playing. And some guys have like colors in their head, right. like a G chord is like red and a D chord is like blue. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, and it's so cool because it taps into what you're saying. And for those of you that are listening that do not play instruments, you can relate to the fact that if you listen to certain styles, whether it's slower, faster, jazz, rock, whatever, that they can, listeners can also like, like Noah's describing, can also feel a color, a certain yeah. pattern. And, got, you know, there's also these these times where a certain thing happens in your life and you have a song that you heard at the same time. Yeah. Wow, right? Because all of a sudden you could be wherever and that song will hit and takes you right yeah, back to that spot. Like that. Yep. <laughs> and there's a million examples of that. And you're a man who's married, so your wedding song. I had a wedding song. You, did you have a wedding song? No. Like so you and your I'm wife very, or no? Yeah, I'm very proud of our wedding song. We did a Gary Clark Jr. song. I was very happy that my, wow. my wife Jeff was totally down with um So our first dance was um, his song, Our Love, which is a really cool song about like 
you know, the chorus is, you're my lady, I'm your man. Some call it crazy, but they don't understand our love. And it's just like, who cares? You know, it's just between us, and that's what matters. And then there's a sick guitar solo in it. So it was like... It was <laughs> Even <cool>. better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even go with mine right now. <laughs> we won't talk about that. I wanted the Eagles. I wanted an Eagles song, actually. Love oh, yeah. will keep us alive. But uh, we, I kind of got outvoted. Uh, <laughs> and how do you get outvoted when there's only two people? Well, yeah, ask anybody I mean, who's married. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I'm not here to cause trouble to but and how long <laughs> when, when's your wedding anniversary that I put you on the spot now August 25th you're going on your first year right your honeymoon year okay so let's get back into this stuff all right what would you describe your creative process when it comes to music I'm so I when I was growing up I plan on becoming a, a youth pastor that was okay. my my plan so you know my dad is a really I guess you can call him a spiritual dude so growing up it was really interesting having him as a dad, just, you know, his, his experience and background with a lot of different aspects of spirituality. Um, so for me, music was a really spiritual thing of, so sometimes I will be, you know, really just inspired by a story that I hear. So for me, there've been a lot of points where I just, something occurred to me that, I, I feel like was outsourced, not necessarily from myself. Um, and then it's kind of my job to write that thing down or to play that thing. Um, and I, I kind of feel like a lot of times those things will just hit me and then uh, I have to flush them out. There have been so times it's, where it's an external influence that comes in yeah, and then you yeah. internalize it in order to bring it back out again. Right, right. So okay. there have been times where, um, so I, I've come out with one album of a full EP. <laughs> I have another album that I released some songs of. Um, but yeah, so my first EP was called The Garden. And um, again, I was, you know, talking to God about like, I don't know what to do with my life. You know, I'm, I'm 19, whatever. Um, 19, 20, right around there. I don't know what to do with my life. And I hear this harmonica medley come out of nowhere. And then that, that for some reason, like, oh, I should put that in this song, The Garden. And um completely changes the entire direction of the song, the melody, and it becomes like this kind of old school 70s rock song. And then I added some cool um, harmonica wah pedal stuff in, into oh, it later. Nice. But um, there have been a lot of points of, of my life where there have been some, you know, external inspirations. Um, so for the most part, that's how I, I write or when I get some kind of some kind of thing like that, it's it's, you know, like that. <laughs> You know, some guys like, you know, I'm a big Mark Knopfler fan. Some of them guys like that, they read books and um, sometimes they read about inspirational people. Then they write songs about it. There's a whole song about uh, Boom Like That by yeah. Mark Knopfler. And it's about the beginning of the McDonald's restaurant. Really? It's a fantastic song. Oh, my God. It's one of my favorite songs by Mark Knopfler. Boom Like That. Yeah. Really cool. And he read a book about, you know, the, uh, this guy out in California that took it to, you know, to the next level. Sorry, it started off, in, but I won't give the storyline away. But yeah, that's so. Some people read books, other people sit in nature, you know what I mean, and hear stuff. But you know, um, some of us read the good book and we uh, we use that sometimes yeah. as, a, as a springboard, right? Uh, with scriptures right. and concepts and stuff. Um, even though you've done great and everything, but what's the best advice that somebody's given you? I've been, I've been given a lot of really good advice, and I, I feel like. Uh, 
your success is partially based on the people around you or primarily based on the people around you who who impact you and your perspective man I've, I've had so many people who who have been so kind to me with advice i'm just i'm trying to think of like there's been so much good advice that's been given to me that's one of the cool you, parts about you've been you've been teachable too that's that's always cool like you've got yeah. that spirit like i'm always looking to learn yeah. i'm always looking sometimes i learn something that's maybe something i won't ever do so as i learn not to do that right. and sometimes i learn to do something and you seem like you're that same kind of spirit that you're just going to take and internalize, eat the meat, spit out the bones. Yeah, you ha- yeah, I, I feel right. like that's, that's the best way to, to, to roll with it. Um, so but I think- there's nothing wrong with it. What would, all right, well, what, what, let me reverse it. If you met a young guy who's like 15 years old, yeah, he's grabbing a harmonica, he's starting to sound pretty good, he comes right. up to you and goes, what's the advice about this whole industry? What would you say to me? I think it really comes down to what you want. I think it mm-hmm. comes down to you internally deciding what kind of lifestyle you want and what what's most important to you. Because I could play a lot more out if I if I wanted to, um, but I feel like some of the the stuff would compromise my beliefs or how I roll and the the, the type of life that I try to lead. So, but within that, what's really cool is that a part of the whole musician code. I guess is that like you just support everybody. It doesn't matter if you have the same beliefs or not. You just you just love everybody, you know. And and so that's one of the cool parts. That's one of the first cool things that I I understood when I started going to open mics. I used to go to open mics every week, you know, a couple of years ago. But just realizing like if you don't have the same beliefs as me, how you're going to support me? And man, that was really awesome. And and likewise, how, like it doesn't matter. I and mean, none of that stuff matters. Um, and so it's cool because like with uh, hopefully. And the majority of the time, it's like this in the music scene. It's like people just find those those common interests, and the other stuff doesn't really matter as much, you know. And I think that's the way we should all be: of just like support each other, whether you agree or not with other stuff. We're all human. We all have these same interests. Of we all want to make music, um, usually to inspire or to express ourselves, and that's something we all have in common, you know. Um, so I think it really comes down to counting the cost of what you want to do. What, what's most important to you you know because you can yeah. you can play as much as you want but it's gonna come at a cost are you willing to, and if you're willing to pay that great and then go for it and if you're not that's okay too and i think it comes down to getting getting clear with yourself who you are and what you want out of this if you just want to enjoy it um you know don't take yourself too seriously if you want to be the best you're going to have to take yourself pretty like you're going to have to take it more seriously so it, it's all that kind of like before before you build the house Make sure you have enough money to to take care of all this stuff, you know? <laughs> all right. I love it. No, that's great words of wisdom. So a young kid uh, could go to some open mics yeah. and tell them just as maybe a young young guy learning to say, hey, uh, let's play with whoever you can. Absolutely. Like, right? Help out whoever you can. Right? Sowing and reaping. Right? I know. I hear that's that. I hear it all. What you're saying. Yeah. Being true to yourself, but yet at yeah. the same time helping everybody else. Right? Yeah. So the cool thing about yeah. it, I used to go to open mics all the time. The cool thing is like that's like – that's where you go to test your metal, man, because because there's going to be someone at that open mic who has some some opportunities if you're good enough that you can go to, you know. Uh-huh, right. And so that was that was the case for me with AJ Tetzlaff. You know, I went to oh, his yeah. open mic at Penny Lane Cafe, and mm-hmm. uh, then I got into Rock the Barn. You know, doing that because at that point in my life, I was prepared enough for him to think that I was good enough to play at this festival. You know, so so I guess to that, if there are young musicians listening. I guess I would say, man, if, if you're if you think you're ready and you are uh, at a, a level where you're 
you know, ready to just start getting your feet wet, go to those open mics and meet those people and build those relationships um, and, and really see how good you are. Um, because it's one thing to play in your bedroom, but it's another to play in a, a live setting. And for some people, you play better, you know, because you, you feed off the crowd. Um, and other people are better in, in studio settings. So it's, I guess my advice is get out there. Um, and, and if you're good enough and you're ready, those doors are going to open. And um, yeah, so that, that would be my advice. Of, of Excellent advice. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, would you ever be interested in hosting open mics? Yeah. So uh, I actually met my wife hosting uh-huh. an open mic. So ah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> wow. There you go. Hit that nail on the head. <laughs> All right. Well, that's always cool. I like it. It's good advice. No, I appreciate yeah. it. Now um, you and your brothers have been playing a lot in you know, the last couple of years now. Um, do you have, um, I know with the COVID and the pandemic and all that kind of stuff going on, but you, um, you're not able to play out right now and all that, but do right. you have any type of upcoming releases together? Do you, what do you guys have planned for the future? So um, I am working on my next kind of EP, I guess you could call it. Um, my buddy, Matt Edwards, who I've been recording with, he's done some some projects with me. Um, we started recording a couple songs with him and I just got some equipment and we moved it over to my little home studio. So we are in the process of, of you know, finishing up or, or finishing up some, um, starting others, about three or four songs that we're going to be releasing um, one at a time over the different uh, song platforms, you know, iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff. So, so it's in the Excellent. works. And what's yeah. the what's the name of the band then? The... Is it going to be no 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 Moses in the flood, or is it going to be a different band? Is there no Moses? What is it? I don't know yet because no Moses, sure. okay. is, no Moses has taken on Spotify already. Really? So, no way. Yeah. And he, oh my dude, goodness. like he doesn't have any songs, and he has no followers. And I wish I knew who this guy was, so I could be like, hey, I will buy what? a really big cheeseburger <laughs> if you give me oh your. Uh, any listeners out there know this guy called Noah Moses on Spotify with no music and no followers we need to get this guy off of there and help out the real Noah Moses I'm telling you the real deal it'll be your (laughs) Noah the real deal Moses and then you can on Spotify (laughs) it's it's the truth of the matter though you're the real deal I love it I'm the real one (laughs) So um, the industry right now, we're talking about the industry, especially because of the pandemic. Right. Um, so many people are now becoming aware of how much they miss live music. Sure. They, they missed that interaction. Being on the Have Project, you know, a lot of guys, even as the Have Project Songs for Vets series went on, we noticed a few guys uh, started actually playing whole sets Absolutely. because um, some of these musicians are, are, are unable to go out and play right now. Yeah. And it's, it's something. I don't even want to get into talking all about that. But I just want to touch on the fact that yeah. it has brought to light that live music should be elevated, I believe, you know, for the local scene. I don't mind paying cover charges to go see bands, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't yeah. mind. There's a lot of argumentation on that. But um, so with the industry the way it is, and you can record at home, we're on Skype now. So how do you feel at your age about uh, social media, music on social media and yeah. the Internet? Man, there's there's a lot to, that can be said. It's cool because, like, you know, obviously you have you have a bigger platform to use. People all over the world can hear and see your stuff. Um, so it's kind of one of those things. Some people love studio work. Some people love just recording the music and putting it out there. And they're good with that and they're happy with that. Um, and other people 
just like man they, that's like that's cool but they just want to get out there and make those connections um so right now you know there's there's so much that's changed in the past past five years you know let alone 20 however you you name it that many years there's been a huge change and it's definitely gone more digital and that's something that people have to be aware of i think it's good i think the transition is good in a lot of ways because it allows people so one of the, the difficulties for me growing up was was thinking about how could i be a musician and have a family you know that's that's i'm sure that that's a common you know i like jay was saying jay man jay was the man in the last podcast it was very cool hearing all about it yeah so you know he was saying like you know, once you're done with the road, you become a music teacher. And that's that's been, you know, because you want to settle down. So there's there's different avenues of, like, again, like, you know, we were saying earlier, like, what do you want in life? Because you have to count the cost. So I think that online thing, the whole streaming platforms um, is a really good way to get your stuff out there and not have to give up having a family, not having to give up all that stuff, you know? Right. Um, so I, I think there definitely are some benefits to the new way things are going. Um, and the, the independency of being able to record the stuff in your home um, and not having to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a, you know, you know, day in the studio. You can do it all at home for way less. So, so you know, because I feel like in a lot of areas we're, we're exiting the industrial age and going back to the deindustrialized de age of, of the six, like the awakening, the sixties, <laughs> the whole thing. It's like, cause we, history repeats itself. So I think a part of that is the music and the way that we are creating it and, and giving it out. Um, so it, it's cool to see how like music kind of mimics society. So I, mean, I think I, I got, I got to intervene and tell you, man, like I grew up in the seventies, right. Yeah. And then the eighties came along. And we had MTV when it was really MTV and not reality shows. Yeah. So we, I used to run to the TV when I'd hear like Panama or Jump came out by Van Halen or, yeah. or the new video from whoever, you know. And then we saw the, the advent of the 90s come with the internet and dial-up was terrible. You know, oh, I can yeah. never imagine what we do now. And, and then the 2000 era, blah, 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 you get to high-speed internet. And now all of a sudden it's like, wow, I can do podcasts from my home and platforms. Exactly what you're saying, you can reach a lot of people. So like any tool in life, any tool can be used to like harm people and any tool can be used to, to help people. Yeah. And so you got to choose. And then to conversely go back though, like you're saying, I've seen a lot of people my age pushing 50 or so now that I went to high school with who are buying campers again. And they're like ditching. Yeah. They're going for like, they take Lent. The Catholic, my Catholic friends around in this area take Lent and they like fast from Facebook and they right. fast from, you know, social media. And it's hilarious because uh, the, 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 what are those, the Airstreams and silver campers are like, hot again. they're hot again. Yeah. I mean, That's it fires true. you up. I remember seeing rusty ones in the eighties when they were right. everybody's moving away from it. And yeah. now, you know, it's coming around. So you're organic. I call it organic and I call yeah. roots, yeah. I like roots, roots music. I really dig roots. Right. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Delmore is a, uh, one of my favorites. Yeah, he's a Christian artist. He yeah. used to be with the vineyard music group, but uh, okay. anybody out there want to listen, check that out. Ryan Delmore solo stuff, but uh, from California, it's like, it's a country California vibe, right. but uh they're bringing it back around to the younger guys again, bringing in younger musicians and where it's just, you're, you're in a circle kind of playing. Yeah. You're like one take kind of record. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like Marcus said, go. Yeah. And Jason, his favorite style of music that he likes to play is improv. Right. Well, why do you think, you know, the live improv is that kind of thing, you know, yeah. and I could see you with your quality and how you play that. I definitely see you doing like live cuts and live albums and 
that's my favorite way, man. That's See, like, I knew it. I knew man, it. Like to be honest, like I'm I'm learning how to record and stuff, but like, man, it's not like my natural happy place at all. I'm I, like I would much rather prefer just getting up doing one take with a live. Like that's way more the the speed that I like to roll at. But uh, you know, just given the way the things are, you still like have to learn those skills. It, to to get the stuff out. Yeah. No, no, I appreciate everything that we can do on the, um, you know, on the social media, on electronic, because right now during the pandemic, we've got this opportunity to do this. And so, so anyway, so as you're moving on, you know, you've got these social media platforms, where can people find you? Give me some sites. I know you got a website, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, go ahead. So the website is noahmosesmusic.com, Instagram, noah-mosic-music, because Noah Moses music was taken. What? Um, yeah, <laughs> and then um, and then on Facebook it is Noah Moses and the Flood. Those are our social media platforms. And also through the Hat Project, uh, people can go back and watch some songs for Vesta. And if you really pay attention, you'll see the manager on there is Noah Moses. And all you have to do is <laughs> click on some of those, and you know the one link leads to another link, kind of thing. So right. I'll be posting all this in the show notes too. I'll try and I'll try and tag a bunch of this stuff for all the listeners. Um, and I do I did want to say you know again thanks for doing all the songs for Vets series. That's amazing. Hey, no, as we're ending the interview here, why don't you give a shout out to other people out there, buddy? Yeah, I mean, obviously my wife, Jess, first of all. I'm a big fan of hers. Uh, <laughs> you know, the squad, the Moses family squad, always supporting all the stuff I do. Um, all my extended family out there in Florida. I have, like, family all over the state. So New Hampshire, Florida, California, the New England, you know, all, all over. So shout out to them. Um, Sean Sims for the sweet guitar. To all the musicians who took part in our Songs for Vets series, I, I can't thank you guys enough for for doing that. And it was so cool for me to to get to hear all the styles that you all played. And um, and it was a really cool way for us to thank all our vets out there, including you, Sean. Man, thank you for your service. And, and everybody else out there who served, thank you all. We, we can't thank you enough. That's great. Hey, no, we really appreciate it, brother. So uh, I'm going to keep Noah on the line here, all you listeners, and you have to check out the uh, stoppage time that will be coming out. But uh, Noah, I'm going to put as much as I can in the show notes, and um, I want all the listeners to stay in touch with you if they can through Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and we'll keep that all in line with the show notes and put it out there on Facebook. And I just want to say thank you so much again, Noah, and I just want to wish everybody love, peace, and joy. And Noah, ready to give a nice little shout-out, a goodbye on three, one, two, three. Goodbye. Yeah. Right, I was supposed to say goodbye. <laughs> the Have Project, helping assist veterans every day, was founded with the intentions of helping local veterans through donations. Find us on Facebook. Thank you to Dr. Wendy Weinstein for her support of the Have Project podcast. Dr. Weinstein has been in private practice for 20 years. She is a board-certified psychiatrist who treats most illnesses including depression, PTSD, bipolar disorder, and anxiety. She is conveniently located downtown at 631 Delaware Avenue. Her contact number is 716-362-1210. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Find us on Facebook. Please check out our new website at www.thehabproject.com. Any questions, concerns, or comments can be emailed to haveveteranproject at gmail.com.